Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yes, it's the second hour of the run home with Joel and Fletch. You got Barney and Bozza with you for this afternoon. Now, if you missed anything in the first hour you can subscribe and listen to the run home with joel and fletch podcast at spotify apple Podcasts, pod uh, roller pod bean anywhere you get your podcasts or this is what i recommend download the sen app you can listen to all the podcasts on that or you can listen live wherever yeah, you are that. around the world uh now before we get into the sports update mm-hmm. boz before we started you uh put out a tweet on your social media You're several very- tweets Mate, you're a very, very good follow on Prodigious. the social media, mate. Um, there's something's gone on in the uh, in yeah. the A League with APL, I yeah. suppose, uh, is what we're talking about. Do you want to explain to the listeners what what the situation is, and then I'll, we've got a caller from Melbourne who wants to have a yeah, chat to you about I, well, it. no problem whatsoever. So I, obviously, I always go through X as it's called now. Obviously, Twitter, have a look and keep an eye. I try to keep as much as eyes I possibly can on the mm-hmm. local game as well, which is so close to my heart. And I came across yesterday a tweet um i think it was on the forever city tweet and melbourne city fans uh who had said that they had gotten permission from victoria police amy park the club melbourne city i think from melbourne victory as well but i'm sure the caller we have on will let me know exactly what to display a tifo now for those who don't know what a tifo is it's a massive banner Mm-hmm. Um, that basically takes quite a lot of trouble and time to put together. That all, like about, you know, like the one at Sydney that night, Brooksy, for the mm. derby was, what do you reckon? I reckon it was about... It was the width it was of about, the yeah, football fan. Pretty much. I was going to say it was about, about six, 60 metres by six 40. metres? Yeah. yeah. So I'd say this one would be similar. So that they, that they had got permission to have this TFO up mm-hmm. and it was going to say, we are Melbourne. Yes. This is, this is Melbourne City because they've got the derby this week against Melbourne Victory. And that last minute, the APL, which is the governing body of the of the A League, has knocked them back. Now, subsequently, and this is what we want to ask um, our man when he comes on Forever City. There's been a whole lot of tweets coming in saying this is the reason why. So, for example, so my tweet that I put out was Melbourne City fans, please text or call in to tell us about the banning of your supporters Tifa, which is a big banner in brackets, with the words "We are Melbourne" inscribed on it by the A League for the weekend's derby. So. West Sydney football, which is is, is always they always or he or she, we don't know if it's he or she. Uh, he reckons that they're getting punished for ripping pyro and shooting a rocket flare into the crowd during an ACL, which is the Asian Champions League game at Princess Park, which they had I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, another chap called Hakan Benley. I hope I got that right, Hakan. Uh, he replied with, "But wouldn't they have just been told that?" They said that the club approved the TIFO, which would have meant no punishment was handed down for the flares, right? 
And another guy called James Trulson has said, I'm assuming they did get told that and they're just playing the victim card. So I just want to know what's going on because nearly a year on, you have to say, mm. from that riot at the Melbourne Derby after, uh, 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 just after the Men's World Cup, if you remember. Remember when Tom Glover was hit by the bucket man, as they called yep. him, um, and which was a terrible look for the game. In all fairness, the, the fans were gaslit before that by arguably the worst decision in Australian sporting administration history by... Danny Football's at, I mean, Townsend, um, you know, who maybe said he was going to have the next three grand finals in Sydney. So yes. no excuse for putting a bucket like they did, but yep. I could understand them being upset about that. But there's another little incident. And I, I just want to get to the bottom of it because at this moment in time, and if we've got time with Robbie Slater, we'll have a word about that. We, I would say the A-League the a is going through and has been for the last two years, very challenging times. Well, hopefully to shed some light on what's going on with this TIFO, uh, we have on the line uh, James from Melbourne, who's a member of the a member of the leadership group uh, from Melbourne City. James, are you there, mate? Yes, mate. How are you going? Good afternoon, James. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Now, yeah, the reason why I did call is because obviously, Bother, you've got a reputation for standing up for the fans, and that's why that's why we did want to speak to you because we know you're always worth your time. Mm. Well, I, I appreciate that, and like yeah, yeah, fans and putting brackets, what's right? Because as we know, last time with what happened, um, we stood up for what's right, and we and we you know and we we changed something. So tell us the whole situation. I, I try to cover it. I don't know if you heard me just there. I just try to cover it briefly because I'm not all over it. But I saw this tweet from you guys yesterday about this TIFO, which I've explained to everyone who doesn't know is a massive banner. Um, and this massive banner that you guys have taken a lot of time and trouble to produce only has the words of we are Melbourne, correct me if I'm wrong. And it was approved by Victoria Police, Amy Park, the club, I think Melbourne Victory said as, way, uh, said as well. And then last minute, the APL, which is the governing body of the A-Leagues have said no. Now, there's been some people saying this is punishment for, for flares being ripped off at a Asian Champions League match at Princess Park, but tell us and correct me there if, if I'm wrong in anything that I stated factually. Yeah, no bother. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't blame anyone for thinking it's because of the flares, and we were genuinely worried that uh, those flares we would get that tifo taken as a punishment. Um, and because of the outrageous nature of it, I, I don't blame people for thinking that. Um, yeah. So that uh, the issue with the flares and that at the ACL game that was an issue for the security meeting that was held before with the Victoria Police and all that, and that did get through. We were very happy, obviously, because they can pull the pin pretty easily and potentially, rightfully or wrongfully, so they could have. Um, but, yeah, we got it through. So that was so. then the last piece of the puzzle was just uh, having the APL to sign off on it, which was a meeting last night. And they, yeah, I, as outrageous as it sounds, the phrase, we are Melbourne, was quoted inflammatory and has the potential to cause crowd trouble. Now, Bother, I ask you, uh, can you think of a less inflammatory statement? I, I don't No, see. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. No, I can't, James, at all. And that's why I was a little bit astounded. And that's why I put that tweet out, because I want to hear. And, and obviously, there's always two sides to every story. So hopefully, if, if somebody from the other side will, will call in just to let us know what their side of the story. The only other thing, I'll, I'll go into detail now, and then don't take but. It, it was just We Are Melbourne. Was there anything else on the TIFO, um, you know, without going into detail, because we, we don't want to go into detail because sports should be, in my opinion, devoid of any type of policies. Was there any other uh, flags or something on the TIFO which, which may have been deemed offensive? Anything else, James? There, there was absolutely nothing but just We Are Melbourne. There was a red and blue background. 
Now, the TFO itself, it wasn't going to be one that covers the crowd. It was going to be one on stilts that stands at the front, therefore yep. negating the fire risk of flares and things like that. Mm. And it would have been supported by a card display with its cards on every seat held up. Uh, yeah, absolutely no. The only words on that TFO was, we are Melbourne. And, yeah, that's about it. There's and the colours of red and blue, explain to everyone that's listening, that's just the colours of Melbourne City, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no... Like, even... Even it's yeah not it's like we are Melbourne. That's the the name of our um our most recognisable and our favourite and I suppose most famous chance. It's mm. not even uh, not even having a dig at victory at all. It's not even saying something like this is our city like that could be taken that way. There's absolutely I I I can definitely understand. There's a great amount of sensitivity with absolutely what happened with the fixture 12 months ago. And I can understand the A-League wanting to be cautious, but I think we can both agree that this is uh, pretty... Uh, yeah, it's a bit a bit too far with the sensitivity there, I can imagine. 100% is, is too far. I want to know what the rest of the boys here are thinking about that. But, but so far as I'm concerned, it's 100% too far. So the in terms of the APL's explanation of why the TIFO is not allowed, have they given you any details other than just a bit of a fire risk? Uh, yeah, so the, the fire risk wasn't uh, part of it at all. It was simply the phrase because... As I explained, the, the the banner was on stilts at the front, so it's not actually covering the crowd. Therefore, there's no risk of uh, someone igniting a flare and the banner going up in flames. It's not on the crowd. Yeah, so there's, it, it was purely just the statement. We're still in contact, and, and Melbourne City is in contact with the APL today. Obviously, the statement we put out last night, there's been pressure mounting on them. We've had... Um, yeah, the, the club is on our side. We've had yeah, quite even the... The police and stadium were absolutely on our side and working towards um, yeah, putting our full support and endorsement, I suppose, for it. And you sort of got to, like, do, do they want the league to grow at this point? Like, I understand. Well, that's a, that's a fair, that's a fair they, question, James. They're that's always coming fair. with these incredible banners mm. and there's not many other clubs that do it. And when we try and do it, it's sort of hard to get a kick in the face like this, you know? Mm. I, I, I hear you completely. And that's... I mean, obviously, I've not been involved as I used to be involved these, these last two or three years or so. But like I said, my heart is still very, very closely linked. Still go to watch games and all that. And I I, I mean, I know Brooksy, I would like you to ask a question, Brooksy, and you as well, Gibbo, to, to see what you feel. But so far as I'm concerned, one of the big points of difference that the A-League did provide was the colourful fans when I say the fans, the, the, the ultras, if you I mean, maybe that's a word that's a little bit disparaging, yeah. but the fanatical ultras fans. Ultras is probably, of the, yeah. No, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying. The fanatic, they no, that's the brand fan, they want to move away from. No, but the fanatical fans, the, yes, the, yes. the ones behind the goals and all that, they gave real colour, real atmosphere, uh, atmosphere yeah. and, and something that uh, no other sport really had, you, could, you, have to, mm. you have to say. And I've just got the feeling in these last two or three years or so that the gap between these fans, and I thought after our our little situation, what was it, six or seven years ago when we sorted out basically people being able to be banned without no reason or no recourse for appeal, that it was going to lead to the fans and the authorities getting a little bit closer. James may be able to correct me here, but it just seems to me that that that, that the powers that be, amongst a lot of other things, but, you know, going back off what Danny Football's end done last year by saying that the grand final is going to be in Sydney for three years without consulting anyone... Mm. that the gap is just widening. I, I don't know what James, but it feels as though that like, for me, it feels as though that like they're basically saying, take it or leave it. But I really don't think that's a situation that the A-League can afford to do that with their fans. 
I, I absolutely agree with you there, Bother. And I think I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Like, obviously, there's no other sport in this country where you've got fans that like these aren't club funds that are being put to work. These are we raise the majority of our funds. We're a new group for anyone who doesn't know. We've only been around for not even a year. We raised most of these funds from hosting a grand final watch party, and we've drained all of those funds putting into this TIFO. This isn't club funded or endorsed this has all been done by us we have a small support group who are all taking time off work to build to make these things too uh, it's an incredible amount of effort and um i think the i think the a-league takes it for granted there's no other sport that does this in the country there's no other sport where we do this because we love our club and not because we're being employed or funded by the club to do it what, okay, let's, let's, before we go, let's talk about solutions. What do the A-League need to do, in your opinion, not only on this situation, but long-term going forward? Well, it's, it's absolutely complex because we, we feel... The, the last 24 hours has made us as fans feel, I believe, in terms of me personally, feel like we're not valued. We, like Every A-League promotional video, all you see is the bright lights and the... Um, the brilliant scenes that you see in the Cove and the RBB in Sydney and Western Sydney. And, uh, yeah, so they the, the fans are a genuine... I, I know back in the in the glory days when um, stadiums were full every week, people, I've spoken to people who go just because the crowds were a point of difference compared to the NRL. 100%. And it's, it's a genuine... It adds, it adds an enormous amount of value to the A-League because when people say the football is, is substandard, which I'd... Disagree, but I think the A League is is very good quality, but it adds so much to the game, and fans are the lifeblood of football. And I feel like this is a a slap in the face because uh, you, you've looked at the crowds in the last few years, and it's um, it's absolutely dwindling. It and is. Yeah, you're right. When, it's sad. Not only crowds, these, but these eye, eyeballs as well. Not yeah. want to, this makes us more reluctant to do something like this in the future. You know, I hear you 100. percent I really hear 100%, James. And, and like I said, not only just crowds that are coming to the games, but eyeballs as well. And look, Brooksy, you and I went to the Sydney Derby, mm. and we can reiterate exactly what, what James said. That was that was brilliant, really. And I know there's a little bit of fear. Um, we've spoken about this before, about the flares and all that. It's something that it's illegal, okay? So anytime you rip off a flare, you're basically saying to the authority, you're challenging. There's no need for that. But mm. the singing and chanting, and like James said as well, you know when people come from overseas, Barney, like, yeah. And this hasn't been for the last three or four years, but they used to say, Boz, what do we do? You know, I'd go, you know, you go to the opera house, go uh, for the climb on the bridge, yeah, Harry's go, Cafe to to see, go to City Museum, yeah, yeah Harry's Cafe. But I'd also go, go I would say, yeah. yeah, go to a Sydney Derby. Because, you know, yeah. the war, that was like, it was brilliant. And, you know, the Melbourne Derby sustained the A-League for so long as well before the Sydney one came in. And I just get this feeling, speaking to a lot of fans recently, that they feel as though what James just said. That they're not only being undervalued, but they feel as though they they want them out. But I'm telling you now, when I say use, I mean uh, my mum and dad don't like me when I say use. Yes. When I say you, I mean that the powers that be at the A League. At the moment, you've got very few attraction points mm. for whatever reason. James is right. The, the standard is nowhere near as bad as as people make out. But there are some discrepancies in a lot of things. Okay, uh, and we can speak about it all day, but. The massive point of difference you've got is that support. And it might come across a lot as fanatical, but I tell you what, there's no better feeling for a player or for people who are neutrals when they go to a game like a la a derby, which is going to be this week, and they feel that atmosphere, they feel that energy. Don't throw that away. Please don't throw that away. You've yeah. thrown away so many things these last couple of years. Please don't throw that away as well.
Well, hopefully, James, and thanks for your call, James. Um, hopefully, they're, they're a new supporters group and hopefully they're a supporters group that can, you know, take it in a healthy direction and we don't see a repeat of, obviously, no one wants to see a repeat of those, uh, the pitch invasion from last no. year. Um, and no, that, you're right. That, that, was, that was beyond the pay. You're 100% mm. right, but no one wants to see that worldwide. Yeah. Right? But it must be said, and this is, this is if you go into court, there's no defence, but those fans will, if you want to call it gaslit, they were wound up by, like I said, the worst sporting administration decision I've ever seen oh. in Australian sporting history. But without consulting anyone, basically coming out straight after World Cup, so, by the way, we're going to have the grand final in Sydney for the yeah. next three years. I, th- I think you could say it's the worst sporting administration decision anyone had seen up until that point. I mean, then uh, I after mean, that. Rugby Australia went, hello, Eddie Jones. That's <laughs> <laughs> hold, what's that saying? They say, hold your beer. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been others? Anyway, anyone ring in from A League, the A League, and the A League Women Grand Final for the next three years in Sydney without consult. Is that the worst sporting administration decision or the appointment of Eddie Jones? Ring in and tell us on a one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Don't forget one three hundred. Don't forget that zero one in the middle eleven seventy. Or text in on oh four five seven seven three six seven three six oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Yes, welcome back to the run home with Joel and Fletch. You've got Barney and Bozza with you for this afternoon. And Boz, the text line is going off. If you want to get involved, 0457 736 736 is the number mm. to text. Or if you want to give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Uh, you asked uh, our listeners for their opinion on yeah. what's, uh, what's going on uh, with the A-League and the recent decision that, uh, well, the APL's decision that the Melbourne uh, City fans aren't allowed to have their TIFO. Uh, which I'm learning things this afternoon. That's yeah. a giant banner. Mm. Um, mate, uh, plenty of people texting in. Read them um, out, buddy. Here we go. Michael said early, uh, Bozzy, you said there's two sides to every story. I actually believe there's three. Party one side, party two side, and then there's the actual truth. Uh, P.S. Keep up the energy. Love it from Michael. Fair enough. But, yeah, okay, it makes a good understand. point. Often often yeah. the truth is somewhere in between. Um, worst administrative decision uh, was the NRL letting South Sydney back into the comp. From Rooster Ryan. Oh, that's a bit debatable. I would have thought. <laughs> I think South Sydney had a, had a real, had a real colour to the competition, and I mean that in the best possible way, like in a possible way, a mm. real spice to the competition. You know, they've 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 been consistently, I think, well, well one I think, of the best sides, right? I think Rooster Ryan's given up his his uh, his oh, motivation just, for that. Yeah, yeah. Now keep right him going. Well, um, I mean, you should talk about that one anyway, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate. I I I mean, I think South's. South, uh, like you said, one of, the, one of the one of the big guns too. And yeah. you know what? No matter where you are, like you can tune into a sporting event, mm. or even often it's not even a sporting event; it's just some big crowd event from anywhere in the world. <laughs> and there's always some goose wearing a South uh, jersey. Yeah, I know that Russell Crowe owns. I mean, I know that that wasn't uh, a then, but you know, some it was one of the great names of. You know, of rugby league. That's yeah. all. Yeah, keep keep reading. Yeah. Uh, now, Boz, everyone yeah. else going off about Ange, who I love, but Sean Dyke, unbiased assessment. He's done brilliant. He's done unbiased. Brilliant. Um, brilliant, especially after losing the ten points. So those who don't know, mm. we do have a system called financial fair play, uh, which is debatable anyway in in uh, in football in Europe, whereby you can only spend two thirds of your income on transfers and wages, and they were found guilty by. Um, the, the Premier League Stroke Football Association in the UK, and they were duck t- deducted 10 points. And that was only, what, uh, probably about a couple months ago. They've already got those 10 points back and more. They lost last night, unfortunately, on penalties uh, in the quarterfinals of the League Cup or this morning our time against Fulham. 
Um, but uh, it, the way he's got them playing has been outstanding. And ironically, you mentioned about that. They've actually got Ange's Spurs this weekend in England, which will, will, will be the week the weekend here as well, but just to be a little bit different time. So that'd be very interesting to see how things go in that game. That's at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. So Sunday morning, oh. 2 a.m. our time. But he's done. he really has done an excellent job. I think sometimes clubs and managers are a real fit you know, in terms of what they are and what they play. I think Sean Dyke is a really good fit at this moment in time for Everton. So you think, um, you know, next year, potentially without losing 10 points during the uh, during the middle well, of the season, they're, they're positioned to have a run at it? Or do you think uh, that they can get no, back well, on top? Well, if you look now, they're 16th, right? And this yep. is with those 10 points being deducted. So they're like seven points off the relegation drop, which is Luton, who are on nine points. But if you added those 10 points to their 16, they'd be on 26. That would put them equal ninth with Brighton. Okay. And only one point behind West Ham and two points behind Manchester United and three behind Newcastle who are in sixth. So so there you go. Just it goes to show how, how well they've been actually doing. Be a very big test for them because losing a quarterfinal at home on penalties yeah. will be a massive, you know, massive down, I'll put it that way. So it'd be a very it take a lot out of you. Very big test for them, especially coming up against Andrew Spurs on the weekend away from home. Yeah, mate. Uh, now, Dave is on the text line. And says, "Who needs presents for Christmas when we can have balls are so bloody funny?" <laughs> Thanks, mate. Dave. Read all of them, but these, these are too good. We've got to balance them out. There's been hey, a few that are having a crack. What was the one? Out of, I think Stingray had a crack at me for saying about Man United. Uh, yeah, look. How can you say balls? How can you say Man United did brilliant against Liverpool? They parked the bus. Matt Buzzy will be rolling in his grave. That's Sir Matt Busby. It was the, the late great. It was their sort of brilliant manager, yep. like from from the fifties and sixties. Uh, sayonara, sayonara, Eric Ten Hag, Stingray. Well, what I mean brilliant is from a defensive perspective, Stingray, they did do brilliantly. Mm. Now, we know there's really four parts to the game. If you want to, there's with the ball, without the ball, there's defensive and offensive transitions. That basically means counterattack when you lose the ball and counterattack when you win the ball back. From a defensive perspective, they were excellent. They didn't offer a great deal in attack, but considering how things have gone recently, I mean, Stingray, if you watch them against Bournemouth at Old Trafford, get hammered 3-0. I was really concerned. Then losing to Bayern Munich, they were a bit better against Bayern Munich. But I was I was really concerned, bearing in mind they copped seven goals last season against against Liverpool away at Anfield. What, yeah. And they would they defend 34 shots on goal? Yeah. First time Liverpool's failed to score a goal at Anfield this season in any competition. So I, I think, like I said, they, they did do brilliant in, mm. that, in that instance. From an attacking perspective, yes, I understand it. But Anfield's one of the hardest places in world football to go to. Yeah. All right. Rooster Man wants to know, Bozza, yeah. what about the beach balls at the cricket? Wouldn't hurt a fly, yet they shut it down. Back in the day, it was flying barbecue chickens, tomatoes, hot pies, and beers. Beer cans. Sports yeah. admin is, uh, well, it's yeah. uh, bovine excrement. Look, uh, it, it, there's always it. a fine balance. And like I said mm. with the flares, so I hear, I hear what he's saying. There's always a fine balance because, you know, and I've got a lot of, a lot of friends, um, you know, on both sides of the fence. So let's talk about some of my friends, their point of view from the from the authorities, from the police forces. They feel as though that they're challenging, they're being challenged when flares are being ripped off, when they know fully fully well that flares are illegal and they can be dangerous. So what option have they got? They've got no option. They have to enforce the law, right? What is it? From the other side, you've got fans who are saying, you know, is it it's harmless. Okay. So what what you're trying to look for as an authorities is a balance. Mm. So why not have you know, say people at the start of a game, that's all okay by the crowd, by the police, by the uh, health and safety for the stadium. They have, you see them sometimes in, in football games where you have people who are on a special stand and they're allowed to rip flares but with everybody knowing and so forth. I, I think that could be the only way what? forward. But if it's if it's for 
just for the sake of it and for a rebellion. I, like I said to fans who are, like, you know, I adore, what do you expect the authorities to do? They're going to clamp down on you. In terms of beach balls and all that, they must have their reason for them. I can't see any harm in that. What What is it with fans, like, particularly football and flares for mm. some reason? Like, it doesn't seem to be a yeah. thing in pretty much any other sport. Yeah. Except football and uh, flares seem yeah. to, to go I, hand I, I in hand. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm with you. It's yeah. just, it seems... I, I, unnecessarily I think, dangerous. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of them, it's just to it's just to add to the atmosphere and the color. That's all, and and basically to it, it shines a light. If you if you if if you know there there are different reasons for different people. I'm certain if somebody's listening, if they want to ring in, they might have a completely different reason as to why why the flares. Some people may see it as a bit of a you know when when you're young and all that, you want to be a bit of a little bit of a rebel or whatever. They might see it being a little bit harmless. But the bottom line is, is as I say to them, it's illegal. Yeah. So what do you expect the police to do? Yeah, exactly. If I'm a policeman, you do something illegal. What do you expect me to go? Listen, yeah. <laughs> you know, one more. All right, but like, <laughs> if you let off seven more, what do you expect him to do then? Do you know, that's that's why, and it's da- it's just dangerous. That's what you know, because you have to get rid of them, right? Yeah. And if they fall on somebody, or let's say somebody loses their eye, then what? Then then you know what? Then I, I would I would assume the stadium security, stadium itself, the police, and possibly the clubs could all get sued. So you, they've got to be very, very careful about that. That's all. But I'm sure, like I said, there's there's a way, even with that beach ball thing that you're talking about, the cricket, there is a way around it. I used to go to the cricket in the 80s and sit in the old Sheridan stand, and I used to see, you know, when they used to throw cans at the band. And, you know, sometimes it was funny, but then when people started throwing cans that were full of whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, that's dangerous. You hit somebody in the side of the head or... Okay, also, there was, there was one that hit a, a band that had one of those big drums, like the can went right. Okay, it was funny, but what about <laughs> if it... <laughs> What about if it hit the guy on the side of the head? They can't yeah, take yeah. chances like that, Brooks. Yeah, it's can't, a fine can line. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying to you. If mm. some, like, just say a flare went off and it hit your kid, mm. and the kid touched wood that it doesn't never. I'm really touching wood here, and I'm crossing myself. Yeah. You know, no, no, T- no. like just just say your child or whatever mm. or somebody you're in charge with. Like, I don't know. You like, really kill. damage their yeah. eye. Yeah, I'm sure that they'd be looking to sue. You know, they've got to be careful with things like that. That's yeah. that's another reason too. But the number one reason it's against the law. Simple. Yeah. Now, uh, just on the topic of admin, uh, sports admin, uh, we got this text in from Joel saying, afternoon, boys, love the topic, but let's add the netball fiasco as another administrative nightmare. I don't, I don't even there. know where to start with that one. Well, um, we'll leave that one to Gibbo. Gibbo, give us the netball spiel. <laughs> well, I can easily do that, Boz, but I really want to talk about cricket admin. As a cricket man, I hate it. Taking what? the first test of the summer against Pakistan to Optus Stadium. All right. You'd oh, people weren't happy with, with their that. feet. Not happy with that. Also, but didn't I see somebody put that 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 the aggregate of the crowds? Yeah, sixty thousand. It was pretty good. For four days. That's yep. So that's what nearly what. And admittedly, fifteen a day. It's not too bad, but admittedly, the Wacker is under construction at the moment. Yeah. They mm. couldn't have played it there, but... You didn't I like think, the atmosphere? No, not Down at all. Down to Freo, you want to go? Yeah, <laughs> you could do that if you want, Barney. But then also, cricket has always made decisions like this. Like, the Big Bash, at one stage, was 14 games home and away. They took the genie out of the bottle there for the Big Bash, and I'm not sure that it's going to come back. I heard you speaking Ooh. about this, especially on a Saturday morning. You're very big about this, aren't you? You think there's a quantity over quality. Absolutely. Well, mm. Boz, I'm glad that you listen on a I Saturday do. No, morning because I'll keep making good points just for you. I do. I do. <laughs> Thank you. I, no, well, I, I listen oh, mainly, no disrespect to the other two, but I do listen mainly because of you. Because, oh, yeah. Thank you, Boz. That's all right. Well, they, we don't have to worry about them anyway. But they, but they make you look good. They don't underestimate they, their use. Mm, yeah? That's like true. standing next to the ugly person in a team photo. <laughs> don't underestimate them. Yeah? Who was that, Boz? I can't say. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say.
Mate, and this well, just goes through the photos. It's quite simple. Just go through the photos and have a look at the boss yes. I was next to. But Someone, mind you, if I was having a Hello Chicks day, that, that means that was like a terminology. You know, if you did something really, really well, we used to always say like Hello Chicks. And for those girls out there, <laughs> for the girls out there saying, well, what about us? Like if you, like, you know, if you, if the girls done something pretty well, oh, that's hello a bit boys. of Hello Boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but if you're girls. having a Hello Chicks day on Team Photo, they don't, yeah, it doesn't matter if you stand next to Rob Lowe, but other times you just got to be a bit smart with those type of things. <laughs> Not, well, if you're out there and you've got access to the internet, Google some of Boz's team photos <laughs> and uh, let us know no, who you think. That's very good. I, I, I like to hear what Gibbo said about that. But Brooksy, what's your, what's your, what's your stance on the, um, with the Perth thing and all that? I think as a game, mm. being in Perth, like it costs a lot of money mm. to do those matches. So they need maximum crowds there because it has got a lot of the broadcast, hasn't for it, instance, is based on the East Coast. Yeah, they've got some trucks out there. They play two AFL. They've got two Explain AFL Explain that to people because a lot of people listening won't know what you mean when you say about trucks. It's, so it's, so everyone who doesn't <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, you need these <laughs> trucks. To tell, to, tell them, Brooks. I might do it after no, the news, but no, it's basically yeah. like – you know, driving trucks full of equipment to broadcast the game. Mm. And, mm. yeah, they've got some over there, but everything – that's just one thing. Imagine all the staffers that are heading over from the east coast of Perth. Yes, there's a few Cricket Australia people. You're not making Fox any people. friends on the west coast. No, here, but right? it's just the they've reality of um, having a jobs. match over there, yeah, right? Okay. Well, and that's the thing. They've got to get optimal crowds. They've got to get optimal sponsors. They've got to get, yeah. you know, good ratings as well mm. because it's easy just rate. to the have it at Bell Reef. Yeah. It is very – or Blunston Arena, what it's mm. called now. It's easy to do that. You can ship everything down there from Melbourne. It's not a massive flight. It's one of the big hubs, Melbourne and Sydney, in mm. terms of broadcast in Australia. So they need to get big crowds, and they probably need a fifth day in a close test match. And but I think you, it's a massive agree? fail pack, in terms yeah, of all the numbers no. and pack, the uh, money. The, the TV numbers were pretty good. I saw the team, especially when there's the Perth test, the, the, the last session, because yeah. it's a great time for us. That's always been Perfect. the case. Perfect. It's prime time. But the only thing is, I, I will say ads, this. I mean, right? it's another conversation. I mean, no disrespect. This is something we'll get into. This is why I think there should be two tiers in Test Cricket, especially. Wow. The Pakistan Ooh. Test Series and the West Indian Test Series are hard sells. Mm. Very hard me. sells. I love it. Yeah, no, that's okay. But in general, for, for, general, for everyone, because... Australians love to have a battle that's a little bit close. And as we've seen with these two teams recently in test cricket, it's not particularly so. This is why I think that the, the sooner – for test cricket I'm talking about, not one days or 2020s, but the sooner that you get two divisions, basically your top tier test teams, India, Australia, England, I would say South Africa, even though Ooh. something's got to be worked out with South Africa yeah. because they <laughs> don't want to give up their summers either. And tier two – the better, because then you can actually say the team who finishes last in tier four can play the team that finishes, sorry, in tier one, the team that finishes first in tier two, like a test championship game. you got the world test championship. You have that to see if the other one goes into tier one or the other one gets relegated. Classic football man, always wanting promotion relegation. Well, We're going to get to the puts, news. Puts, it, it puts something on it, buddy. Yeah, it, it does. Interest. Oh, no flares, though. Yeah, no flares. Let's keep yeah. flares out of well, cricket. But we're going to the news right apparently now. Apparently it's legal in Pakistan. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. You are on the run home with Thanks, Joel and Fletch. You've got <laughs> Boz and He's Barney. Yeah. You've got you Boz and Barney. laughing, you two. Yeah. They do love laughing. B&B. B&B. B&B and B. And Brooksy. And G. G. B-B-B-G. Triple B-G. B-double-C-I. Like, we're like... Come on. Speaking of. Speaking of, yes. So, India, overnight, the IPL auction went off. And wow. So explain this to because there's a lot of football people listening this afternoon. So they want to explain properly, Barney. They don't listen to these. So, they love it. But explain it. So there's an auction. 
Yes, there's an auction for the available players in the draft. Now, we right. had uh, Australia had a number of players in the draft uh, overnight. Uh, key, uh, well, key storylines being obviously our uh, our big three fast bowlers. Uh, right. So we had uh, Mitchell Stutt, Pat Cummins, and of course Josh Hazelwood were all available in the draft. Uh, Josh Hazelwood, um, turn, no bids, attracted no bids in this first uh, round. Oh, but um, Pat Cummins, I. This was amazing because I, I was uh, sitting at home last night and I get the notification uh, on my phone uh, that Pat Cummins has broken the record mm. uh, for the for the most attracting the most money ever in an IPL auction. He uh, really? attracted three point six seven million dollars to go to the Sunrise. Yeah, is that for one season or is that for over the terms of his contract? Over the terms of the contract, so the rights of yeah the player. Yeah, but have, yeah, yeah for, but then, for the yeah. one season or for the terms no, of the it's contract? Not, it's for the, they'll negotiate a contract off the back of this bid. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then, so then I'm, I'm sitting there going, wow, Paddy Cummins, highest ever. That's fantastic. Yep. And about 20 minutes later, I get a new notification. Yep. Guess who's broken the record? Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark has go. broken the record. Boz, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's almost like you've got the rundown in no, front well, of you. Well, you said the three bowlers, so you <laughs> yeah. already said oh, two. So true. I kind of yeah. thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bozo could be and a, Hazelwood was could be a, a, a Sean Omerod, like one dollar one here. <laughs> Detective Boz is on the case. Oh, he knew flying. what was going on. Yeah, so Mitchell Stark, $4.43 million to Superb. go to Calcutta Night Riders. So, okay. So, and does any, so, so that is the money that is paid to the player or does any of the money go to the federation they're from as well? Explain Correct. please, Brooksy. Well, it seems like about 20% goes to the federation as you'd call it. Wow. Oh, the, so, the so Cricket Australia will yeah, get, the, yeah, so, so the they'll, be, they'll yeah. be getting 860,000 of that. Yeah. So this That's is why you can clearly see why the leagues don't really want to go up against the IPL for obvious yeah. reasons, but, and as well, Understandable. this little clip that they get for each of their players. Yeah, getting, 100%. That's good. This that's is like a transfer fee. It is. Yeah. This yeah, is the trading. This fee. is the, the trade-off basically for um, keeping the IPL window free of test cricket, free of uh, other. Understandable. Other, other fixtures. So, Understandable. Um, yeah. Mitch Stark, uh, Spencer Johnson also uh, attracted. Spence. Spencer Johnson, yeah, you'd be happy with this until you saw that you're basically uh, on uh, half of Pat Cummins. Spencer Johnson, $1.78 million. But would you be like that, Barney? See, I wouldn't. I'd be happy. <laughs> no, no, I want to ask this question because this always used yeah. to come up in football. Yeah. Because yeah. there, are, there, are, you know, there are players like that in the drip. But yeah. I'm only talking about myself now here, mm. but I know of experiences in football. So there are some people who'd be like, like that. Yeah. Oh, I was all happy until I heard Brooksy was earning twice than me. But there are others, like, say, the Bozo, who are always like, I'm happy what I'm earning. Yeah. I couldn't care less what anyone else is earning. If they're earning 10 times more than me, if they're earning 10 times less, I'm happy where what, what I'm earning. If I wasn't, I'd be going to my agent and saying, listen, come to the next contract, because you already agreed terms. I want I want X if I perform. What but, about you? How would you be? To be honest, I... Um... I'm, I, I think this is uh, sneakily good for Spencer Johnson because usually, like, if you're the highest, if you attract the most, yeah, uh, then that's the that's going to be the story leading into the next IPL. So, um, Mitch Stark, the Australian, the story, all the the broadcasters, they're going to be looking at him, going, "This is the highest paid player make ever." Top, man. Expectations uh, ramp up. Don't you Whereas, love that? isn't that we? What you strive for? Well, you could be Spencer Johnson, still earning really, really good money, but you know you don't have family ringing up because they're just reading about Mitchell Stark. So you don't have every person you've ever met ringing up, going, "Oh, I heard you're rich now. Can I borrow some money?" 
right? Of yeah, you can. you're under the radar. 10% interest a week. You can have whatever you want. <laughs> well, as we Boss. say on the street, 10 points, buddy. <laughs> Boz is uh, flashing back to his loan sharking days there. Uh, Travis Head, $1.21 million. Just, I reckon they, uh, that's an absolute bargain for mm. Travis Head. So that's, that's, again, for one season. Uh, no, oh, I think terms no, they, of the contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terms of the contract. So I terms think these the are mostly three-year contracts. All right. Um, so, the, so the first, so if you've got 4.3, three-year contracts, is about, so that's about what? 1.2, just over 1.2 per year. Yeah. What, good, what, was yeah. The, what was the figure? Was it 16 grand a ball that Mitchell Johnson will be Ooh. getting? Hmm. And Stark. And Stark. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, and I will sorry. say this to, <laughs> no, but I will say <laughs> this to, to everyone listening. They would not be paying that money unless they're at least getting their money back, if not more, yes. to the players. So congratulations to them all. That's what I say. Uh, and 100%. Long, may it, long may it continue. And, uh, well, the only thing that wasn't good uh, is Dave Warner uh, went on to uh, con congratulate uh, a couple of his uh, uh, Pat Cummins on uh, making the Sunrisers Hyderabad, and only to realise that his former club, Sunrisers Hyderabad, have now blocked him on all social media. What? So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, and I don't think Dave knows, to be honest. But, um, yeah, hopefully. But Dave's still involved, right? With the, no, I, he no, left in 2022. Left. But, yeah, it seems like a, once they sever ties, it's yeah. Blockville. Okay. Brutal sport. No, um, yeah. No Hall of Legends, Hall of Fame there for no. that, for Hyderabad, no? No, no. no. My right. dad who owns that club, we might have to have a, get him on the show and have a word. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. But this is what I'm saying to you about having the tradition and, you know, I, I want a team to follow. Uh, be, I know a lot of people in football will go, well, we'd love the team, team to follow, but we want to see what type of teams, how they act, what they stand for, you know? Well, everyone So maybe get there... the Hyderabad owner on for next week, Booksy, please. Yeah, okay. everyone out there who's been ripping into Davey Warner, you've got a new team to follow. It's Sunrisers Hyderabad. They don't like him either. Uh, we're off to a break real uh, quickly. Uh, there's back with plenty more, including our chat uh, with well, Trent Copeland and Robbie Trent Slater. Trent Copeland and Robbie Slater. Super. Back soon. Back to the run home. you got Barney and Boz with you yeah. for your Wednesday afternoon. Now you can catch four Premier League games each week on SEN, including all Tottenham Hotspur games. Uh, mm. Yes. Uh, now, Boz, the text line Go, is buddy. lighting Read up. Read them all up. Mate, Read them all Ash out. says, ultimate summer content. What bakeries should Boz's family visit if they take the New England highway up to uh, Queensland? His tip is the... Arachula Bakery at the base of Cunningham's Gap, which okay. sounds like that. a euphemism. Yeah. But, um, mate, it, any it, are they... No, they're uh, driving up. They're leaving early. They're driving up. And like I said, a massive 10 seat or something like that. So they're driving up. So you're going to recommend Arachula Bakery? Is it, will, are they a bakery kind of a family or are they more uh, servo? Not, well, not, servo not, no, no, no. This is, this is my in-laws. So my, my father-in-law, Gary, is, uh, is Australian-Australian, but my mother-in-law is American Samoan. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, so, so there you go. So... Um, so it'll be up to them. They'll, they'll decide because they're leaving very early in the morning. So I would assume. But anyway, keep going with the text. Excellent. Right. Well, we've got to get to a break. Uh, oh, we've we? got plenty more oh. coming up real soon. Well, if you knew that, um, I would have kept yeah, going. Keep the text coming. 0457 736 736. You're on the run home with Barney and Boz.